Hey there. If you like this podcast, you're probably a fan of a lot of podcasts by Blue Wire Podcast, which is our podcasting sports network. It's just a connection of a lot of different fans, experts, and a lot of the time, current and former pro athletes. And Blue Wire has a new podcast with a professional athlete, Abner Mares, who's a world championship boxer, as well as an Olympian and a commentator. It's called On the Hook with Abner Mares. We'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They'll chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champion, and sports, music, culture, and, most importantly, his family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. On this week's episode of the podcast, Drew has taken us back to the 60s, a time of bell-bottoms, big hair, a lot of love, and a European championship with a very strange way to determine a result. Adam, are you feeling lucky? I guess I am. I am now, because I'm buckling up, because this is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. Brought to you by Bet Online and Indeed, and a part of the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it yeah. all is. What if we got paid for every time we mentioned a sponsor's name in our podcast? It would get there's a, there would be a chart, a graph of our like annoyance like audience annoyance levels over how many times we say indeed yeah and it goes up 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 and then at a certain point i think it drastically decreases as the joke due to sheer volume becomes funny yeah it's definitely easier to sneak indeed in there yeah than bet online than bet online (laughs) (laughs) in our in our historical stories (laughs) that typically happen before the internet was a major thing indeed Indeed. (laughs) Hello, listener. You might be wondering who's talking to you on this podcast. Well, I'm here to tell you. It's me, everybody's most favorite soccer writer, Adam Whitaker-Snavely. Joined, as always, by my real-life brother. The lesser half of the Deadball Brother duo. (laughs) Oh, wow. Suffering Manchester United fan. Suffering Buffalo Bills fan. Ooh. Drew Snavely. I think we can just agree to say that the Bills aren't a Tuesday night team. And I respect that. Yeah. Hey, it is It is what it is. Derrick Henry blasted Josh Norman in the next week, and I'm just going to have to hold that L. The play didn't even count, though. Yeah, it's true. But it will be memed for oh, it, the rest of eternity. It counts on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, it's never going to go away. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a, it's one game. Bad game. Bad game. We'll recover. The Titans have the Rona. Yeah. This isn't an American football podcast. This is a everywhere else football podcast, also known as a soccer podcast. Over here in the States. Over here in the US of A. It's a soccer podcast. Adam, we're in the middle of possibly the dumbest ever international break. <laughs> okay. Why do you say that? Oh, who thought it was a good idea in the middle of a global pandemic to have all of the players leave their team bubbles to go join their national teams 
who and all those players are coming from different bubbles, different parts of the world, and expect things to just go smoothly and for players to not get infected with COVID and come back to their teams like nothing happened. But Drew, it's Europe. It's them. Everything is better there. Everything's <laughs> perfect there. If we're talking about soccer, then obviously Europe is the place to be at all times. It is true. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. It's better to be playing in Macedonia than it is in MLS. Yes, that is facts. Everybody knows this. Facts, facts, simple, facts. Simple, simple, sweet facts. It's science. It is a weird time. Cristiano Ronaldo has the coronavirus, which I am just so sad about. Very torn up about very, that. Very, very, ooh, man, unfortunate. Um, also, Weston McKenney has the coronavirus, which it's- I am... A little bit more sincerely disappointed about. Yes, yes, it is very sad. And uh, you just have UEFA Nations League going on. We haven't seen the United States play since January. And that was a camp cupcake, as the kids say. An MLS-only camp. So that wasn't even like a team that we really knew what was happening there. We're just waiting for Pulisic to get fit again. Which he should be at this point. He already made his return, and he's gotten this international break off as the u.s decided <laughs> no yeah to bad, I, bad idea uh they're scheduled for november friendlies Sergio dest kind of leaked it oh yes playing, i did see that i think they're supposed to be playing wales he said wales and another t- austria that's one austria wales and austria why did you say it like that i don't know <laughs> When I was young, I used to think that Austria and Australia were, we're the, the same, same thing. That makes more sense. Yeah. So, I think whenever I think of Austria, Austria, I, Austria, Aussie mate. Oh, I'm gonna go th- throw the shirt on the Bobby. <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect Australian accent. You really maintained it absolutely flawlessly. Well, it's because I was laughing so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the only reason why I was so bad. Absolutely. Europe wasn't the only place that did an international break because I mean, there's obviously a Nations League. All that stuff's going on. Yes. But I'm pretty sure a lot of African nations had matches as well. And Conmebol had their started World Cup qualifying. Oh, very yeah. cool. Uh, Peru got a bunch of COVID positives and they still played Brazil. Unfortunate. And so I'm not going to complain about the phantom penalty that Brazil was awarded that helped seal the game for them. <laughs> Who took the penalty? Neymar did. Ah, yes. yes Neymar passed. Who did he pass? Ronaldo. Neymar passed Kaiser. Ronaldo on... <laughs> Carlos Kaiser. Yeah, no. <laughs> Neymar, Neymar passed Brazilian Ronaldo on the Brazil's all-time scoring list. So there's only one man who has scored more international goals than Neymar now for Brazil. Very cool. And that's Pele. Wow. And there is a woman who has scored way more than both of them. Yes. And that's Marta. Yes. Who has 117 international goals. The GOAT. And Neymar just scored his, I think, 63rd. So basically has to double that total. Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> to got get, a ways to, get to, get to go. Neymar's, to get to Neymar, to, for Neymar to get to Marta's level. He's got a ways to go. And Marta's still playing. Yeah. So, good luck with that, buddy. Good luck with that. So yeah, there's a lot of international action happening around the world. Um, even Mexico was playing. They were playing some friendlies in Europe. Uh, the U.S. just kind of... I think the U.S. was going to be having friendlies in the United States if 
they were to have friendlies, and they just kind of said no. No. And we're going to save friendlies for the November window and have an all-European squad. Hey, it's smart. Yeah. It's easier to just have the coaching staff go to Europe and quarantine for a certain amount of days and be done with it than for a crap ton of players to all fly in from different places yeah, and try to quarantine in the States and, and do all that. Yeah, that makes sense. The international coaches, what are they doing when there's no international window? Nothing. Nothing. Talking to people on the phone. <laughs> writing little squiggles on whiteboards. I they guess. got time. I guess. So, Drew... You have for us today a story about an international competition. In yes. A time when there wasn't a global pandemic. Which yes. Is much must have been nice. Yeah, I'd say most of the time there isn't a global pandemic happening. Yeah, that in the be history pleasant. of time. That must be pleasant for everybody else in yes. all those other timelines. We have to travel way back though. Way back. Way 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 back. We're staying in Europe though. Okay. For the 1968 Ooh. UEFA Euro Championship. When shorts were short and shirts were tight. Yes. <laughs> so yes. tight. So, so very tight. Tight. The final, the final tournament was hosted in Italy. Oh. And qualifications for that were played um, in a, like a two-leg kind of thing. What are you? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, there's going to be a... Slowly forming the chef hands. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be many uh, Italian pronunciations, so... One of, my, one of my favorite memes that I have ever seen is this. It's not Prince, but it's a person who looks like Prince, kind of. And it's this very late 80s, early 90s computer-generated background. Yes. And it, it's like a couple different poses, but the text just says, you can always use an Italian accent. It's never <laughs> racist. <laughs> it's never. Uh, it's so funny. So oh, we're going to talk about the soccer tournament. Yes. And we are actually going to follow the Italy men's national team, Ooh. the Italian men's national team during this tournament. I tally. I tally. <laughs> I speak the most Italian. I'll be the movie star. (laughs) (laughs) To kind of date this tournament, this is only the third ever UEFA Euro. Mm -hmm. The previous winners were Soviet Union and Spain. Uh, The Soviet Union, well known for a long, long time of being completely clean and never having any drugs. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) Soviet Union and Spain. The only two previous winners. This tournament was only two years after it came home. Oh. As you know. I do know. 1966, England won the World Cup. The only time it's ever been home, which makes you wonder if that really is its home. But I digress. (laughs) Yes. So Italy was coming into this tournament trying to make amends for these previous major tournament appearances. Because in the previous World Cup, in the previous Euros... They didn't do too hot. For the first one, they didn't even qualify. Oof. Oof. Um, they didn't even like make it to qualification, like the final qualification to get into the final tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one they did, but they got knocked out in the qualification stage. Um, and then at the World Cup, they didn't advance past the group stage in 1966. Rough. So Unfortunate. It is rough. In 19... 62, actually, um, they 
This is a World Cup. Okay. Yeah. Um, they had lost in the Battle of Santiago. Yes. Which we have covered. Which we have covered. One of our very early episodes. Ken Aston. Ken Aston in the Battle of Santiago. I'm pretty sure that was like one of our first five or ten episodes. The invention of... Yeah, the the referee of the Battle of Santiago, which is a match between Chile and Italy, (laughs) where a lot of journalists and people were (laughs) insulting each other's countries. Uh, But the referee of that really terrible slugfest of a match ended up inventing... Yellow cards and red cards. Yeah. Pretty cool. As well as the standard referee outfit. Yeah. And linesman flags. That so, what a guy. That weren't the color of the teams participating. Which was such a dumb idea. Why would you do that? Yeah. Whatever. It is stupid. We're not talking about Ken Aston. What would the beautiful game look like if it weren't for Ken Aston? That is my question. Uh far less stylish? Probably. <laughs> Um, so in 1962, they didn't make it out. Of, Italy didn't make it out of the group stage. Either. Right. Yeah. Um, Chile beat them th- into the earth. Yes, they really did. Oh gosh! In '66, they lost out to North Korea in the group stage. Yes, North Korea was like a big sensation in '66. Yes, it was a huge story. Mm-hmm. Probably, it would have been probably the biggest story of the World Cup. If England had not if won. If England did not win, yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. won't shut up about it. No, ever. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. So actually, after the 66 World Cup, uh, when the Italians arrived home, their fans pelted them with rotten tomatoes. <laughs> oh my God, that's so Italian. <laughs> just kinda... That's so funny. Yeah. Oh no. The fans were upset. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine. The boys weren't playing well. Nope. In any tournament. No. <laughs> At any point. <laughs> and it wasn't that the Italians had um, an untalented team. They had, they plen- had good players. They had good players. Um, people just kind of said that they were underperforming Yeah. For, for that time. I mean, if you look back at the, the history of European soccer, like Juventus quickly established itself as one of the biggest teams in Europe. And we're not talking about like the early 1900s. We're talking about... 60 years later yeah this, these are some of the best teams still in europe are playing in italy you would think that the italian national team could also perform very well on the international stage yes and so with all these previous compounding losses and with the final tournament being final tournament being held in italy it put a lot of pressure on italy to perform and advance in this tournament sure and and show the fans that they can actually play and win something. <laughs> Mamma mia. We're going to play the soccer. Oh, uh, gosh. The calcio. The calcio. So, for the year of 68, there were eight qualifying groups. The winner of each group would move on to a quarterfinal match. And then the winners of the quarterfinal matches qualify for the official final tournament. So there are only four teams in the official the final tournament. final tournament. Yeah. But, but I mean it's basically more or less what the 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 format of a a UEFA Euro would be now. It's just that the group stages and all that weren't considered a part of the final tournament when now they are. Yes. More or less. Yes. Definitely. So thankfully for Italy their road to the finals was relatively easy. The final tournament, I should say. 
being drawn in a group with Romania, Switzerland, and Cyprus. It's wild that they uh, were, I mean, I guess, I guess that when you're only counting like the final four as, as the actual tournament, uh-huh. then you have to like, okay, you have to win some games to actually get here. But <laughs> it's funny to think of a team that's the, the host not qualifying. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. Like you get one spot out of the four automatically. Okay. <laughs> Take it any way you can get it. They didn't have to go. They didn't have to qualify for the qualifications for the Euro qualifiers. Sure. The other teams did, but they did not since they were hosting the final tournament. That makes sense. So I guess there are a couple of games that yeah. are being played before that. Again, it's just it comes back to the question of what is the actual tournament? Yes, what is yes. the final tournament? Yeah, it's basically all the same tournament. Sure. So Italy won all but one of their six games, scoring 17 times Jeez. while only conceding three. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Plus 14 goal differential. Yeah. Um, not bad. No. Not bad at all. <laughs> Some might say quite good. So they easily, easily finished top of their group and strolled into the quarterfinals. They said, listen, if we're going to come home and you're going to pelt us with things, we want at least want fresh vegetables. Oh, and not, yeah, absolutely. And not these rotten tomatoes anymore. No more rotten tomatoes. Give us something that actually tastes some, somewhat good. I imagine. <laughs> I don't like tomatoes myself, so I... I imagine other people do. You don't like tomatoes? I like tomatoes on things, like sandwiches mm. and pizza and stuff, but like a tomato by itself, I think is gross. I don't like the taste. Huh. Interesting. I didn't know that about you. That's just me. That's who I am, living my truth. It's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> so Italy had a little bit tougher of a task in the quarterfinals going up against a strong Bulgarian side. In the first leg, Bulgaria bested the Italians 3-2 in Sofia, the capital okay. of Bulgaria. Sure. Two weeks later, however, the Italians struck back, winning 2 0 in Naples to advance on aggregate. Suck it, Bulgaria. Suck it, Bulgaria. That's how it goes. <laughs> that's, how, hey, that's how it goes. You lost. <laughs> By the book. So Italy had made the final tournament at this point. Nice. Nicely so done, Italy. Now they have real home field advantage. Yes. They were getting it every other game, basically, up until this point. Right. Now it's like every game. Now it's, okay. We got it. We are, first of all, guaranteed at least fourth place. Yes. Second of all, we're playing everything in Italy. It's beautiful. Beautiful game. <laughs> so Italy would need this advantage. They would need all the advantages that they could get. Because waiting for them in the semis was none other than the heavily favored Soviet Union. <laughs> It's always the Soviets, isn't it? Always. always Russia. The Soviets were fourth place finishers in the 66 World Cup and runners up in the 64 Euro. Wow. They also defeated Italy in both of those tournaments. Oh, that's a. That's so there's a, like a history. That's going to leave a sour taste in the mouth. Between the two teams in these big tournaments in Italy, never won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, Italy had a good side. There's no doubt about that. But the Soviets were a step above them at this moment in time. <laughs> Italian manager Ferruccio Valcaregi. Ferruccio Valcaregi. There we go. Told the press before the match that the Soviets were, quote, not unbeatable. Which doesn't inspire, like, a ton of confidence <laughs> yeah. in your players, I'd like, imagine. Like, hey, 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 we could beat them maybe, like, 
a couple times out of 50. <laughs> it's not like we can't not beat them. It's just that they are the heavy favorites. <laughs> Even though that we're playing at home, that we're also probably should be pretty good. Um, they're probably going to beat us. Adam, there's a reason why we love the beautiful game, though. And that is because anything can happen at any time. A bounce here, a bounce there can really change the outcome of a fixture. A strained needle filled with steroids in somebody's bicep. <laughs> that sort of thing. Some games are determined by luck. Full stop. True. This one was no exception. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast brought to you by Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. regularly scheduled commercial break drew you were just telling me how sometimes in life you need to get a little bit lucky as pharrell and daft punk might also tell us adam you say quite often i'd rather be lucky than good this is a this is a true statement that i uh, i've picked up from actually from poker players it's better to be lucky than good yes and i feel like that rings true with like any aspect of my life. I feel like I would rather be lucky than good at anything. Sure. I mean, maybe that's... I think being good is better for you, 
personally, but like in a in a non tangible kind of like uplifting the soul maybe kind of way, while being lucky is more beneficial to your material circumstances. You can't teach luck. You really can't. You can work to, towards being good at something, though. Yeah, so, and you can put yourself in the position to be lucky. That is true. A lot of people also say that luck is where uh, preparedness meets opportunity. I think Preparation meets yes, opportunity. Yes, I think that a lot of people would simplify that in saying people make their own luck. Yes. Yes, exactly. There's a lot of things about luck. We're going to get into it. may or may not exist. Yeah, it may. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Are we making decisions? Man, I are, don't know. It, <laughs> is, anything, is anything real? What is this? Is the the, ex- we are in a simulation. We right have now. basically finally reached the Deadball Brothers where we fall into an existential hole and Goodness never get Goodness gracious. Maybe we should just continue with the story. Italy, Soviet Union. I was going to say, Italy, USSR, Euro 68 semifinals june 5th 1968 which actually also happens to be the day that robert f kennedy was assassinated he he didn't die until the 6th but i thought that that was kind of a fun fact i mean it's like sad it's not really yeah yeah it's a it's a fun fact that's not fun yeah it's just like uh it's a bad thing definitely oh yeah definitely a bad thing i was just like oh wow this was happening in the u.s at the time of this UEFA Euro. Only six months away from the nicest year, 1969. So nice. Nice. So um, this game was being played in the San Paolo in Naples, home to Napoli. Yep. Thousands, thousands of fans packed out the stadium, filled with excitement of the match. For the first time ever, Italy had finally made it to... (laughs) Uh, had had advanced deep, deep in the UEFA era. Do you think that if they got embarrassed in this game, that fans would be more likely to throw vegetables at them or less likely to throw vegetables at them? I think they would understand. I think they'd be proud of their boys. Um, Agree to disagree. You think that they'd be really upset? I think they're throwing artichoke hearts next time. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. They're underdogs in this game. They're yes. not favored. Yes. Um, they are home, so you do have the advantage there. And it's Italy. I feel like they always feel like they're the favorites. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right at this one. They're probably throwing food if they lose. Yeah. <laughs> so, with both teams combining for 40 goals in the qual- qualifying portion Dear of the tournament... God. You might expect this match would be a fairly high score. The opposite happened to be true. But I would be incorrect. <laughs> that classic soccer trope of not scoring at all. <laughs> you see, both sides wasted good chances to score after seemingly forgotten their finishing boots at home. Oof, you hate to see that. You do, you do. To make things more difficult on Italy, they actually went down to 10 men after an injury in the opening minutes of the game. And no substitutions. No substitutions no. allowed. Gosh, how did soccer function for so long without a lot? Literally, like, six or seven decades of time went by where you weren't allowed to make any substitutions, not even for injury. How did they go so long? I think you see it now with how long uh, the 
professional athletes at the top of their game now, how long they're able to play and sustain that yeah. into their later years compared to back in the day. You had guys probably playing through like broken ankles yeah. and <laughs> their career's over at twenty six. Yeah. I'm an old man. Now. Because they can't walk. What can I do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It is strange, but storm rolls in and my knee hurts. You know, sometimes you just gotta roll with the punches. And, and that's the ex- kicks. And the kicks. And that's exactly what Italy did. Um both defenses played well and nothing ended up separating the two sides in the only category that actually matters after full time with the score being nil nil. Goals, baby. Goals. Suck it, XG. It's <laughs> the only stat I care about. Ooh, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I care about expected goals. Just kidding. I we care do care. Stats. We I, do care about stats. I think, here. I think that advanced statistics are good. I'm just making but fun. But the most important stat. At the end of the day, is a goal. Is a goal. <laughs> is, is a goal, baby. Or a lack thereof yes. goals. Both important. When extra time ended, scoreless, we moved into uncharted territory for the UEFA Euro. Nice. You see, up until this point, no match in the final tournament had ended in a draw after extra time. Oof. Okay. Which is kind of crazy to me that up until this point. Sure. Every game had been decided by at least a goal in extra time. Yeah, yeah, There wasn't anything else that had to take place. So, surely this couldn't cause an issue. There are plenty of things that you can do to separate the two teams yeah. beyond just 120 minutes of soccer. Yes. I mean, you see it all the time happen now in tournaments this isn't quidditch where the game just continues endlessly exactly you no know? either do a replay because that's pro- that was what they did back in the day yeah something you know, that was like an have option. a replay or have a shootout to determine who moves on to the final right or do an old mls slash nasl shootout the best penalty shootout that there ever was unfortunately there is none of that Ugh, fine <clears throat> Tournament organizers seemingly didn't have a plan for the two teams being tied <laughs> at the end of regulation <laughs> and extra time. Okay. Because I I can say that confidently. I can say that with confidence because when the final whistle blew for the last time, it was decided that a coin toss... Oh, my God. No. ...would determine who advances... No. ...to the 1968 UEFA Euro Championship Why Final. Why would you come to that? Literally any other option is better. Play Russian roulette. That's a better option <laughs> at this point than a coin flip. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Tell well, me. Keep going. Russia, tell me the story. Russia didn't exist at the time, so it would be like Soviet roulette. Well, Russia existed before the Soviet Union existed, so Russia still existed. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's just that the Soviet Union encompassed a lot of other you're countries right, you're that right. they brought into the... I digress. That's, that's a good history lesson yeah. for all of us. Yeah, no. It is totally... It is a galaxy brain decision. You know, there are all these... Other ways we could determine a a victor in this tie. They can't play more soccer because all the people have been playing for 120 <laughs> minutes and there's no subs allowed. At least something that would make you feel like you earned the win. You yeah. Know? <laughs> or yeah. like this seems fair. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, life isn't fair. An eating competition. <laughs> An eating <laughs> 
Play a game of quarters. I don't know. (laughs) Poker. Oh, man. So the team captains and the referees went down to the dressing rooms for the toss. Why did it not happen in front of the 70,000 eager fans? Because how are you going to fix it if 70,000 people are watching? I I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a good question. Mm -hmm. It's a good question. You feel like people would want to see it. I mean, you have players from both teams. People want to see it. You have an administrator from both teams. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no fixing it at that point. Unless the Italians were down there and be like, hey, look. We'll give you money if you let us advance. Uh, yeah. I don't, but I don't think I don't think the Soviets take the money. Depends on how much money. I feel like the Soviets are the ones that are bribing. The Soviets are, or the Soviets are the ones that like, if we don't win, our families are going to disappear. <laughs> so please, so please, can we just advance. say? Yeah, can we just say that we, we won the won toss? toss? Oh gosh, so. The next bit of story is a direct quote from the Italian captain at the time, Giacinto Facetti. 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 He said, We went down to the dressing rooms together, accompanied by two administrators from the two teams. The referee pulled out an old coin, and I called tails. It was the right call, and Italy were through to the final. I went racing upstairs... <laughs> As the stadium was still full, about 70,000 fans were waiting we did it, guys! to hear the result. My celebrations told them that they could celebrate an Italian victory. <laughs> could you imagine being there and just like waiting for a coin toss to happen down in a locker room and then for one player to come out celebrating? Just one guy runs up like, like, we did it! You like got the people up in the nosebleeds. They're like, all right, is that a... Is that a Soviet? <laughs> or is, is that one of our boys? <laughs> oh, man, it would have been really anticlimactic if the Soviets had won that coin toss. They, they were the ones running up. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. Unfortunate. Well, um, so we got a coin toss victory. You'd rather be lucky than good in hey. that scenario. And the Italians were luckier than they were good. They were luckier than they it were good. It must be said. Although resilient... Resilient defending to go scoreless, to hold the other team scoreless down a man. Down a man. That for is true. Essential, for like 115 minutes. Classic Italian. Classic Italian. Defense first. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. So Italy gets to advance, and they got to face Yugoslavia in the finals, who had just knocked off reigning world champions England mm-hmm. in the other semi. So... The Yugoslavians got the lead in the first half of the final and held on to it until the 80th minute when the Italians equalized, forcing the game to extra time. No. The problem after extra time was that the score was still tied one to one. No, Drew, no. Another coin toss, maybe? Oh, my God. Nah. Not this time. Oh, did they? Were they? Were the organizers were like they watched it happen? They're like, "Yo, this is the worst way to possibly do this." I don't know how we came up with a method this bad, but it's terrible. Oh man, it would have been hilarious though if they did another coin toss. They instead just decided on having a replay 
two days later, <laughs> which isn't a lot of time to hey, recover. Two days rest is good enough for you guys, right? <laughs> Italy made like six changes to their side, which makes sense considering yeah. they just played two days ago. Scored twice in the first half. Did Yugoslavia make, like, no changes? They were like, uh, well, I don't know. we're just going to come in and do the same exact thing. I don't know. I just, I, I read about the Italians really changing it up for the for the replay. Sure. Um, and they scored twice in the first half. Pretty good. Securing their first and only Ooh. ever European championship. So 2-0 over Yugoslavia. Italy's only European championship ever was because of they won a coin flip. They called tails, which honestly is a bold call. Tails is a bold call. I feel like if you call heads and lose, it's like, ah, all right, whatever. Heads is still the right call. I don't know why heads is the right call, but I feel like it's the more common pick. I would be interested to see if there was like a survey done to see if more people pick heads than tails. Than tails, because I think that they do. I don't know. I, I, I feel like the Snavely family always picked tails though, just because it was like a, like oh wow, I can't believe this dude picked tails. We're different. <laughs> we're different. But yes, the only ever Italian UEFA Euro victory came courtesy of a coin toss. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. I don't I don't think I've ever the closest thing I can think of to it right now is that scene in Friday Night Lights <laughs> where Billy Bob Thornton and like two other coaches all flip coins to see who <laughs> makes it into the state championship tournament. Yes. And that's it. I can't think of like an actual real sporting event where they actually used a coin toss to determine the winner. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think wonder, it. I think it happened in one other major tournament, but it was. It definitely was not a semi. Um, I wonder if there was like mind games from the from the pre kickoff coin toss. If there was a pre kickoff coin toss to determine who was playing on what side, who got the ball first. If like. If if the the Italian guy or the Soviet guy was the one who wasn't responsible for calling it, and then like they get back in, they're like locking eyes, <laughs> like what's what's it gonna be? Who's gonna win this game? What are you gonna call? It's like, oh, we're going tails this we're time. Tails. We're going tails. It's like uh, taking a second penalty in the same game, the same oh, player, yeah. same goalie. Mind games. Yeah, Mind it's games like, are keeper. you going the same way? Are you changing it up? Who knows? I was the same way. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta go the same way. That's what you're. It's what you're best at. Well, I mean, pros should be able to put it wherever they want at any time. That's true. <laughs> Correct. But if it's me, I'm going. Oh <laughs> yes. uh, gosh! So that is the story of how Colleen Tails lifted Italy to European glory. Sources for the story come from UEFA.com and their archives. Salvatore Landolina from Goal.com and Emmett Malone from These Irish Times. The Irish Times. The, these Irish Times. These, these Irish Times. <laughs> oh, man. Drew, thank you. Crazy, right? Thank you. That, is a, that is a weird and oddball story. Yeah. We love, we love the oddball stories. We do. We really do. Oh, thank you for telling that to us. Of course. And of course. thank you, listener, for listening to this exceptionally 
silly and odd podcast that we have created for ourselves. It is a weird one, but uh, we're very appreciative of the audience that we have built. And if you are interested in supporting us further, what you're going to want to do is drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews the podcast has, the more people see it. And the more people see it, the more people might listen to it. And the more people that listen to it, the better for us. So, if you've got the time and the effort, please leave us a rating and review. We periodically read some of the ratings and reviews that we get. It's fun. So if you have a funny joke or something that you feel like telling um, or an insult delivered to us, we will read the insult about ourselves. We have done it plenty of times before. We are also accepting haikus. Yes. Uh, it's been a while since we've got one of those. But so the, I'd just like to reiterate that we the do. The haikus like are those. definitely fun. We, yeah. we, we enjoy those. You can also, if you're interested, purchase merchandise from us at our Teespring store. The link to that will be in the description below. And if you're interested in following us, we have plenty of social medias. We're on Twitter, which is where we're probably most active. It's at DeadballPod. We're also on Instagram by the same handle, and we're on Facebook. If you have questions, comments, ideas for stories, you can reach us at DeadballPod at gmail.com. And I believe... That's all we've got. That's all we got. So, Drew, thank you for the story. Of course. And for now, my name is Adam Whitaker Snavely. And I'm Drew. And we love you very much, very, very platonically, but in a way that would we would like to kiss you platonically. Goodbye.